Opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Good morning and welcome to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Each Saturday morning at 9 o'clock, successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the low country talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life now your hosts of beyond the business eric cox and leslie haywood and great saturday morning low country welcome to another edition of beyond the business heard here on 94.3 wsc and simulcast on iHeartRadio. or you might even be listening to us via our podcast at our website at coastalwm.com either way however you're listening to us we're just glad you are Good Saturday morning to you. I'm one of the hosts, Eric Cox, here. Yeah, with uh, Byron Stahl. Good morning, Eric. Hi, Byron. Good to have you. Uh, Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't have Leslie here with us today. I know. Well, I guess we'll uh, try and fill her shoes as best as we can. That holiday spirit's already caught her, and Uh, so we'll just have to... Can't believe Thanksgiving's already coming up this week, and we have, what, six more weekends left in the year? It's mind-boggling. It it is kind of crazy to think about it, but, you know, what a wonderful time it is in Charleston, and the weather, you know, divine this weekend. Hard to believe Thanksgiving is Thursday when we're having this kind of weather, but... uh, I'll take it. It's a great weekend. Um, You get out and enjoy it. Actually, if you are uh, part of the College of Charleston or alumni, this is alumni weekend, so there's all kinds of festivities going on over there. And speaking of the College of Charleston, uh, come January 1st, the School of Business at the College of Charleston will be our title sponsor and very involved in this show going into 2020. So we're excited to have them on board. It's incredibly for exciting. our sixth season of Beyond the Business People You Know, Stories You Don't. So, again, thank you for joining us each Saturday morning. And, uh, Byron, I don't think you were here yourself. I wasn't, so I guess I'll ask you the question that you usually ask me. What were your biggest takeaways from uh, last week's show? Well, we had Mr. David Bell on, and David is actually a personal friend of mine. He's the EVP of Cannon Financial Institute out of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, And David just uh, did a great job uh, talking really about, um, you know, being passionate about what you do. He talked about discipline. I love, as you know, Byron quotes, rain, sleep flood or mud get up and do what you have to do uh love that quote and then he just talked about leaders and um you know how leaders should be involved in those that they lead in their lives uh, not just in their professional lives and um you know it was just kind of a, a neat story he had some adversity of course as it seems like all of our guests do that he talked about in his life uh, losing his mother when he was really young and he talked about going through that process and so um pretty incredible story again if you didn't get a chance to listen to it go to our website at coastalwm.com click on the radio icon and you'll see david's shows as well as like all of our shows from the last five years and you know holiday weekend coming up next weekend if you just want to binge listen to beyond the business why not great thing to do right why not yeah exactly so uh who do we have here today eric well we have elisa Noffel. Did I say that right? You did. Congratulations. Wow. I knew I'm going to mess that up. <laughs> you got uh, who's it. the founder and president of Ballyhoo Social here in the studio this morning. So, Lisa, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Lisa. I'm, I'm going to say, Lisa, I'm going to mess that up. I'm That's so sorry. Okay. We got it. <laughs> I wouldn't be the first, probably, right? You are not. Well, we're excited to have you. We're excited to hear. Well, I'm happy to he- be here, even if life. you can't say my name. That's right. <laughs> so, why don't you do this? Uh, there may be, shame on them, a person out here listening 
that actually doesn't know what Ballyhoo Social is. Give us a quick 20-second commercial. Ballyhoo Social started 11 years ago, and our intention with the company was to help businesses and brands manage social media. And at the beginning, no one really knew what social was, and so we have taken on that enormous responsibility of being the voice and brand and execution partner for social media for businesses all across the country. That's pretty incredible. And looking back, what you said, 11 years, that's kind of the forefront of the social media world. I wish I had known at the time it was going to be what it is. You know, I knew that it would be, uh, it would democratize communication. I knew it would allow people to connect in ways they weren't able to connect before. And it was innovative and different. And because my background was in traditional media, print, TV, I love the kind of digital component to it. But I can tell you that 11 years ago, I had no idea that Facebook and Instagram would dominate our lives so much. And so you could say I'm a visionary, but I also probably got very lucky. Yeah, that's incredible. Can't wait to hear more about it. But as you all know, the title of our show is Beyond the Business, and we like to talk about uh, the people you know and the stories that you don't. So we're going to go back to the very, very beginning. At least if you wouldn't mind just giving us some insight as to what you know, growing up was like, what was family life like? Tell us about your parents. Just kind of walk us through the beginning. I have incredible parents. Both of my parents are South Carolina natives and currently live in Columbia, but they met in Charleston. My dad went to the Citadel. My mom was at MUSC. They fell in love. I think my dad before my mom Mm -hmm. and got married. My dad is an engineer and his job moved us all around the world And so I was very fortunate to have exposure to many different cultures and also the challenge of having to move every three years. The interesting part of that was we were not military. And so we did not have some of the benefits that uh, you have of, you know, living on base and really being with other Americans. You really don't. And so we had to really imbue ourselves with the culture that we were in. And at the ages where I was growing up in other places, I had some incredible experiences and met some fantastic people. I'm the youngest of three. I have two older sisters. My oldest sister lives in Charleston, a mile away from me. She's an attorney and fantastic. And my middle sister, Anne, is also an attorney and lives in Connecticut. Wonderful. So we were very close growing up. I was the youngest. Also, I always laugh and say the favorite and still am. Ha ha. Mom and dad. (laughs) Um, We had a great childhood, you know, a very traditional family. My parents are in Columbia now. They are still married after 55 years, very happy. And it was a really wonderful childhood. My dad's Lebanese. And so we had a lot of culture growing up in our home. We have a lot of um, family in the state of South Carolina. And it was just a really wonderful upbringing. I was very, very lucky to have two devoted parents. My mom was able to stay home with us which is not really a luxury a lot of people have these days, and I certainly didn't have it raising my kids. But um, I really had an amazing childhood. So what kind of youngster were you? Were you studious and into the books, more into sports or theater, drama? I was a really happy kid. I laughed a lot. I I was a triple-A personality at that point, so I wanted to be the best achiever. I wanted to be in every club. I wanted to do the best I could. 
I was a very nice person. I want to want to say was. I think I still am a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be nice. Now I'm not. Uh, no, I really um, I worked really hard, but school wasn't as easy as for me as it was for my sisters. So my sisters, super high achievers, you know, graduated college early, went to law school, kind of got all of the degrees. But for me, school was just a way to be social. I didn't love school. And when you were young, did you have a vision of what you wanted to do when you grew up? I would always say to people, and this makes my parents laugh now, that I was going to be a U.S. senator. I wanted to be, but I I started by saying I want to be a politician. And my mom said, you don't really need to say you want to be a politician. Just pick pick something and do it. So I would always say I wanted to be a U.S. senator from a very young age, which is really interesting that that was the path in the beginning that I thought I wanted to do. Well, do you did you have any inkling? I guess looking back at childhood, social media wasn't even on the radar at I, all. You so. know, it's so interesting when I think about the, my career progression and right. how I got where I am. I, you know, there was there was no such thing as social media. I mean, in our home, we had a phone in the kitchen that had the long cord. Literally, we were connected, and to have privacy, you had to close the door you know, and talk in the corner. Mm -hmm. And then I remember the day I got my first telephone in my room and I thought it was the greatest thing. And so the idea that you can carry a computer and something so high tech and document everything in your purse now, it's just, I don't think anyone would have known, known today what it is. It's incredible. Um, And I didn't, and my career path was nothing that my parents would have even directed me to. You know, my parents were doctor, lawyer, engineer, nurse, that was sort of how they molded us. And my dad definitely said that you can go to college, but you have to get a BS degree, you can't get a BA degree. So they were very clear about the path they wanted us all to take. Um, It's just interesting, looking back now, I never would have thought I'm doing, I would never would have thought I would be doing this, running my own business. And well, we're going to talk a lot more about that certainly yeah. next week. We're going to keep you here in the uh, the youngster phase for nice. a bit. So you uh, ended up doing your undergrad at Clemson. I did, um, and went into marketing. I did. I was a mar- well. I started in agricultural engineering. Actually, is why I got accepted to Clemson uh, because my dad thought I would be a great engineer, which is really funny now because that's not my thing. But I love animals. I love farming. I thought that was really interesting. But very early on, I wasn't interested in that major. So I changed to finance and business. And how did that make dad feel, by the way? You know, I think at that point they were tired and they just wanted me to be done. Right. And so I I think, you know, know, Ann and Tara had already, you know, started to really achieve some incredible success early on. So I think that they, you know, as the youngest, they just wanted me to get through. And um, so I chose the business department and... Frankly, I went to my advisor and said, what's the easiest business major? And she said, marketing. And I said, sold. I want to have fun in college. And I absolutely did have a wonderful time. And uh, studying was really secondary for me at Clemson. I had made tons of friends. I was in a sorority. I was a social chairman of my sorority. You know, it was all about the fun first. But marketing was natural for me. I like talking to people sales is e- is not easy for me but i understand the process you understand people i do understand people and i think i also understand the need to <clears throat> be able to articulate a value proposition to someone and have someone excited to buy something as opposed to selling someone something and and clemson at the time had a marketing marketing major but they also had a um, services and sales 
course and kind of selling intangible products. And I was really interested in that. How do you sell a service? And so I got into that and was very interested in it and realized that when you're in sales, you can make lots of money. And hence it was, huh? Hence it, it was. It was really amazing. By the way, in case you're wondering whose voice that is, it is that of Elisa Knopfel, who is the founder and president of Ballyhoo Social. Yep. Telling her life story here this morning. Absolutely. So you finished up college at Clemson. I did. What happened next? I moved to Georgia. I got my first, actually, no, let me rewind. You know, sometimes you selectively forget some of the jobs you have. My first job out of college was for an IT company. And the name of the company was Computer Sales and Services. It was based in Greenville. And I learned so many things from that job. It was also the first job I ever got fired from, the only job I've ever been fired from. And I remember the day that I was discharged from that job. The owner of the company said to me, you're terrible at sales. You're (laughs) never going to be successful we should have never hired you. <clears throat> wow. And I remember I remember getting in my car and getting on the phone and calling my dad. And I was like, I just got fired from my job. He was like, well, what are you going to do? You're, he said, do you want to move home? And I said, absolutely not. I'll figure it out. And <clears throat> when I was in college, I had done a very simple, I, I was doing informational interviews. So at the time I would go to businesses and try and find out what they did because I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And I was very lucky to meet a gentleman named Jimmy Sanders who worked at a TV station, the smallest TV station in the country, WNEG-TV, which was also a radio station in Toccoa, Georgia. And I talked to him for a long time and he said, if you ever need a job, call me. And he gave me his card. And so as I was leaving the job I had just gotten fired from, my first job, And I got fired because I didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't trained. I couldn't sell computer equipment. You know, maybe I took a nap at the job. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Maybe. Um, I called Jimmy and said, I need a job. And he said, you're hired. You know, kind of. It was comforting, yeah. It was comforting. Almost like it was meant to be. It was meant to be. And so that was truly my first real job in media. And I started at the bottom. It was we did everything i had to sell tv ads sell radio ads i had to edit produce write them and it was hard it's the smallest tv market in the country it was a cbs affiliate at the time and i remember getting my paycheck and owing the company money because you know we it was a draw against commission type of job Mm -hmm. and i remember thinking to myself after the third month i have to make this work So I have to figure it out. And they were nice enough to do some training for me. So I did a ton of training in the beginning. But what I didn't know going from college into a career like sales is it doesn't, it didn't at the time equip you to really understand how to do the job. And so I didn't know to even ask the questions, how are you going to train me? How are you going to help get me to the point of success? But I also had no idea how to negotiate a salary at all. So what they told me I would get paid is what I was paid. And that for a very, very, very long time, you know, six, at, at the time, it seemed like a long time. It really wasn't six to seven months. 
you know, I wasn't making any money and I was working and working and working, trying to develop a sales funnel from nothing because it was a new business development job. Luckily, you know, after a year and a half, I worked incredibly hard. I became the number one salesperson at the smallest TV station. And I remember at the time the company was owned by a company called Spartan Communications, which was based in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And the owner of, or the president of the company came to WNEG and said, who is this person? You know, nobody, sales is incredibly hard, but especially in this market, would you be interested in coming to Spartanburg for at the flagship station to work with us? And I thought this is a great opportunity for me to get out of Toccoa, Georgia, which is not, you know, the primary place most people want to live. Um, And so I moved to Spartanburg and did the same job, but in a much larger market. So while Toccoa was the smallest TV station in the market at the time, uh, WSPA-TV, which is where I worked, was in the 35th TV market or 35th DMA. And that was an incredible experience. I had fantastic managers. I learned a lot. They trained me. Um, I was challenged. And I had an incredible dynamic of coworkers that, you know, we still stay in touch. You know, and I was very young. And so I remember looking back thinking, you know, how lucky am I to have kind of fallen into this career? It's exciting. You can move and move up, but you can also really write your own paycheck because at the time I was 100% commission. Well, what a great story, too, to and a testament to you. You go back to that first job, you get fired. I did. And I'm sure at the very, very moment of that, it wasn't like, yay. Um, <laughs> and yet, when you look back over time, that's what led you ultimately to that role, to that position that ultimately led you to your business. I absolutely believe that. I think the words that he said to me at the time I couldn't appreciate because they were really cruel and unkind. But looking back, all I wanted to do was be successful, but also I knew that I knew that to not be true. So I have to ask, you became really successful. Did you ever call him up and say, hey, buddy, by the way? You that, were wrong. <laughs> that's not my nature okay. to do that. But what I can tell you is that he's no longer in business. <laughs> and I remember when I heard that, I did smile. A little, little, little clap, right? Kind of hard not to. Yeah. I did. And not that I want, I wish anyone business failure. But the way that he handled that was really, really poor and unkind. And um, But it's also a great lesson. I think you learn from, and I've, and I absolutely throughout your career, from being a kid to growing up, the times when people are really unkind to you, you kind of have to make a decision, what kind of person do I want to be? And sometimes it hardens you for a while and turns you into somebody sometimes that you don't always admire. And then sometimes when people are unkind, it takes you on another path. And I really have a lot of gratitude for him. I don't think if I had not been kicked that way, I I probably wouldn't have had the sense of urgency to be successful to prove it really to myself but at the time i thought it was to you know show him you fuel know for you the fire right? it absolutely was yeah but it was humbling for sure absolutely so how long did you stay in spartanburg for i stayed in spartanburg five years and i had two children so i got married and had two kids who i can't believe now are in college both of them And uh, I was in Spartanburg for five years, and 
in all fairness and kindness to Spartanburg, when I when my son was born and I was holding him in the hospital crying, my doctor said to me, you know, are you in pain? Are you upset? What's wrong? And I said, I'm just really sad that my son's passport will say Spartanburg, South Carolina, <laughs> place of birth. Honestly. <laughs> and he said, oh my, you've lost it. So um, I had my son. My daughter was born 15 months later incredibly unexpectedly my doctors have told me i could never have kids and so both my kids were delightful but very unexpected surprises and i realized that i really didn't want to raise them in spartanburg and so at the time spartan communications was being acquired by a much larger media company and um so we were acquired and the largest TV station then at the time was in Tampa, Florida. And they said, you're the number one salesperson in Spartanburg. Why don't you move to Tampa? And so I moved the kids to Tampa. I was married at the time. And, you know, it started again. So at some point along this line, at least that you get to the point where working for somebody else just wasn't going to get it done. Talk a little bit about, as we're you know running down our show today, kind of how the evolution of those emotions and feelings started that led to obviously your company today? I think I learned a few things early on about what I was and was not capable of and what I was good and not good at. And when I moved to Tampa, it was an incredible opportunity. It was a huge market. And the pace and the level of work was completely different than I had experienced anywhere else. That being said, my commute was an hour each way. I had two very young kids at the time and trying to manage a very demanding job and trying to be as successful as I could there, again, doing new business development and trying to be a parent to a two and a three-year-old was incredibly difficult. And I, again, ascended to... I worked all the time or I was commuting all the time. I didn't sleep hardly at all. I mean, it was a really, really hard time. Um, But when I sold a really big deal, I wasn't compensated the way that I should have been compensated because it would have made my compensation more than anyone else in the company at the time. And so my company didn't do the right thing. And I just all of a sudden realized nobody's happy working here. This company's not doing the right thing. And if I can do this, I can do this on my own. So there was a ton of ego involved, honestly. Um, I didn't know what I didn't know. But, you know, there are a lot of things that I said that were off color about, about how I was treated. But I just didn't want to work for a company that I didn't feel like was doing the right thing and they weren't and so I quit with the intention of going to start your own business at that point I remember I remember it was a Friday night about seven o'clock and I was still working and I stood up and nobody was happy everyone was stressed out and I had just found out that I wasn't going to be paid the commission that I deserved that I had earned and I drove home and I told my husband, I'm quitting my job Monday. And he said, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't know, but I'm not doing this. And I resigned on Monday. And I remember my boss saying, what are you going to do? And I remember thinking, I don't know, but I'm not, this, this is not what I'm going to do. 
And so I really didn't have a plan. I know most people have a very intentional plan, but I just couldn't, I, I got to a point when it wasn't acceptable to be in that environment anymore. So I quit. Was it impulsive? Sure. Did I have a lot of ego? Yes. Did I know that I could be successful and, you know, I had proven over the course of seven or eight years that I knew how to, you know, connect people, develop business. So I wasn't worried. I should have been. And how long ago was this? 15 years ago. Wow. I was 30. Well, and again, I know you talk about the negatives of of what I should have been thinking about and this and that, but the confidence you had in your skill sets and your abilities, but more so, I believe that, you know, the story to me is that you wouldn't compromise your integrity and your beliefs and you knew that that was a wrong and stood up for it. And what a inspiration, Elisa, that is to people listening to this show this morning who are going through the same situation or have to say, you know what, you don't have to deal with it. You don't have to put up with it. And in your case, it was, well, I'll go put my own destiny in my own hands because ultimately our destiny is in our own hands and I was the primary breadwinner at the time it was incredibly stressful but I just I think we all have these moments in our lives when you either act or you sit back and you let life happen to you and I just that's not my personality I also had a ton of ego let's be fair well ton too much most entrepreneurs have a little bit of that as well, yeah, well so the well, next what, part of our story will there's a lot of knocking down and what a great to point <laughs> to take a break since we are winding down our time for this beautiful saturday but uh, what a great story thank you for sharing that so far and we're looking forward to hearing how again the, the the start of ballyhoo social became and what goes on from there and again you've been listening to uh, elisa Knopfel, who is the founder and president of ballyhoo social here on Beyond the Business, heard on 94.3 WSC. And again, if in case you've missed of any of our shows, want to catch a little bit up, go to our website at CoastalWM, or CoastalWM.com and simply <laughs> click on the radio icon. And I promise I'll be a little better next Saturday morning as well. And until next Saturday, Low Country, have a blessed week. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Business on News Radio 943 WSC. Tune in next Saturday morning at 9 o'clock for Beyond the Business, hosted by Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood, and heard exclusively on News Radio 943 WSC.